Welcome into Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thanks for being along here today. There is a lot to talk about on today's show. Notes from Tennessee's practice on Wednesday. You will hear from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt on today's show. He will talk about some of the good, some of the not so good from practice. I think overall, Jeremy Pruitt is expressing some optimism about the way Tennessee is practicing. That doesn't mean Tennessee automatically goes and beats West Virginia or Florida or Georgia. But I think right now, Jeremy Pruitt likes the way that his team is practicing. So you'll hear from him on today's show. A very interesting comment Stanford coach David Shaw made about Tennessee quarterback Keller Christ. What, if anything, should you make of it as it relates to Tennessee's quarterback battle? We'll get to that coming up on the show. And more praise comes in for Tennessee's opening opponent, West Virginia. The challenge that Tennessee will have coming up in a little more than two weeks on September 1st when the Vols play the Mountaineers in Charlotte I'll get to that as well right here on Rocky Talk. It's the daily Tennessee podcast. Five days a week, I'm talking about what's going on with Tennessee. I posted it at rockytalkpodcast.com. Tell your friends about the daily show covering what's going on with the Vols. The show is on iTunes, where if you rate and review, would be a big help to the show and would help other Tennessee fans find it there on iTunes. It's available really wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today's show is presented by The Athletic. Go online, theathletic.com slash rockytalk, and you can receive 40% off a first-year subscription for The Athletic. So David Shaw was a guest on the Campus Connection podcast from ESPN. He was interviewed by Ivan Maisel, great college football writer, and they talked about a number of topics, including Keller Christ. Keller Christ graduated and transferred from Stanford to Tennessee. And one reason it came up is... As Maisel mentioned, Shaw had given Christ his blessing and said, hey, go do what's best for you. So Maisel asked David Shaw about that. Why be so encouraging to Keller Christ as he's leaving? Keller Christ, he would have been the backup at Stanford behind KJ Costello, but would have been a very valuable backup to the Cardinal. Instead, David Shaw said, go do what's best for you. He explained why on the Campus Connection podcast. I truly believe if a young person is at your program for four years and graduates, they should be able to make their own decision what's best for them, whether it's academically or purely sports-based. Um, I, I don't, I don't have, I'm not going to put any judgments on anybody. But for a guy like Keller, uh, I told him flat out that he was too talented to be a backup for me, that he could find a place to be a starting quarterback in college football. And uh, he showed bla- uh, just flashes of brilliance. Um, the Oregon game this past year, you couldn't play better at quarterback than he played in that game. Just outstanding. Uh, didn't have some, you know, had some games that weren't as good. Um, had some games that were really good. Um, got injured. Young quarterback got a chance to go out there and gave us a better chance to win. And as much as it was hard for me to come to that conclusion, that was the conclusion we had to come to. And to try to talk him into staying as a fifth-year senior just to be a backup for us, I said, you know, you can't do that. That's not for you. That's not for your for your betterment, if you can go someplace, find a place to play and play up to his ability, you know, this guy's a this guy's a, a draft pick top half of the of the draft. Stanford coach David Shaw, I think those comments raised a lot of eyebrows. When you hear David Shaw talking about Keller Chris being a potential NFL draft pick, pretty high draft picked, as he was talking about there, talking about all the ability that Keller Chris has, 
I don't think anybody questions that Keller Christ physically has a lot to offer. He's a 6'4", 230-plus pound quarterback. He's played in big games in the Pac-12. I think that's why Tennessee's coaching staff went out and recruited him to transfer to Tennessee. And if you look at Tennessee's quarterback room, especially in the spring, Tennessee had not coached Jarrett Garantano yet in practice. Will McBride was the only other scholarship quarterback, and the only other quarterback they knew that they would have on scholarship was true freshman J.T. Shrout, who would end up coming in the summer. So Tennessee went out and got Keller Christ to help that quarterback room, but I wouldn't read too much into what David Shaw said as it relates to Tennessee's quarterback battle. I still think that Jared Garantano is the leader there, and I think that Keller Chris still has some work to do and has to be more consistent in practice. I think Jeremy Pruitt, when he has said both quarterbacks and really everybody on the team needs to be more consistent, I do think he means that. But I think in terms of accuracy and showing that Keller Chris can make the throws consistently that Tennessee's coaching staff is going to ask him to make, I still think there's some work to do there for Tennessee's quarterback. But no matter what, with the quarterback race, who's ahead, who ends up starting on September 1st, what David Shaw said there is a positive for Tennessee. When you hear a quarterback for the Vols being talked up like that by David Shaw, it makes you feel better. David Shaw was not going to get on there and say anything bad about Keller Chris. There may have been a little bit of, of hyping up one of his guys there. But David Shaw is also one of the most respected coaches in all of college football. If I were an NFL team, I would be calling David Shaw if I had a vacancy and at least seeing if he would talk to me. But I wouldn't read too much into it. I still think there's a lot for Keller Chris to work on to be Tennessee's starting quarterback. And I know over the last week, as I've talked about what the odds makers have said and now the comments from David Shaw, it probably sounds like I'm being extra bullish on Jarrett Garantano. I don't necessarily mean for it to be that way, but I have thought that Jarrett Garantano has been the leader in the quarterback battle, and I think I've made that clear since the start of fall camp, while also pointing out there's still some competing to be done by these two guys. Jeremy Pruitt's not going to name a starter here in the next few days. It might not before the West Virginia game in two weeks, and I don't think he really should, at least not right now. I wouldn't if I were Jeremy Pruitt. So they're going to keep competing, but I think Jarrett Garantano is the guy to beat out for that job, and if he wins it, if he's the starter, Tennessee has a pretty reliable backup in Keller Christ, more reliable than most backup quarterbacks in college football. And one other thing on David Shaw's comments, aren't those pretty refreshing to hear? David Shaw really talking about doing what's best for the player, for the student athlete, and for Keller Christ, it was in his best interest to go somewhere else and at least try to be a starter in Knoxville. That was nice to hear from David Shaw. That should be the approach that all coaches are taking in college football. This is Rocky Talk, the Daily Tennessee podcast. So it's that time where projections are coming out. We've had those throughout the summer, but now you're starting to see the divisional and conference picks. The All-American teams are coming out. Next Monday will be the release of the Associated Press Top 25. And Bruce Feldman at TheAthletic.com made his picks for the Big 12. So did Stuart Mandel. So Bruce and Stuart put out their picks for the Big 12 Conference, both predicted order of finish in the regular season and then the championship game pick. Stuart Mandel picked TCU to win the Big 12 championship over West Virginia. So West Virginia to finish runner-up in the Big 12, according to Stuart Mandel. Bruce Feldman at The Athletic picked West Virginia to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. In the regular season, Bruce has West Virginia going 11-1 overall, 8-1 in conference, 
and then beating Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Bruce wrote this, if West Virginia can stay reasonably healthy, I think it has a legit shot at making the college football playoff. The Mountaineers don't have a ton of depth, but their offense should be as explosive as any other in the FBS. Will Greer deserves Heisman hype. He has two stud wideouts in Gary Jennings and David Sills to go with underrated tight ends, a deep backfield, and maybe the best bookend tackles in the country. Defensively, David Long leads a fast group with good safeties and plenty of big athletic guys on the front. The defense has been a big question for West Virginia. It's going to need to be better this year. Bruce Feldman sees West Virginia's defense being better, and there's just all kinds of hype around the offense. I saw CBS Sports release its preseason All-American team, first-team quarterback, Will Greer. One of the wide receivers, David Sills. So I don't have to tell you that there was a lot of attention around West Virginia, but the overall media poll had West Virginia finishing second in the Big 12. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic has West Virginia the runner-up in the Big 12 title game. And Bruce Feldman, he has West Virginia winning the conference and competing for a playoff spot. That's what Tennessee goes up against week one in Charlotte, on September 1st. If you want to see what Bruce and Stewart wrote about West Virginia or about the Big 12 or any of their conference picks, check out theathletic.com. They have all kinds of great college football coverage. Bruce and Stewart, obviously, Nicole Auerbach, Chris Vanini, who was a guest on Wednesday's show, and David Ubbin covering what's going on with the Tennessee Vols every day. He has a really interesting piece on that one voice approach that Jeremy Pruitt is taking on at Tennessee. I highly recommend you check out that piece, and I highly recommend you check out The Athletic. I'm a subscriber. I love it. I love the fact that they are focused on smarter sports coverage, that they are not going to bog your website down with pop-up ads. They don't have autoplay videos. They're authentic with in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their teams inside and out. So check out The Athletic. I love my subscription. And right now, if you go to theathletic.com slash rockytalk, that's theathletic.com slash R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K, you can receive 40% off a first-year subscription that's only $2.99 a month at theathletic.com slash rockytalk. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's a good amount to talk about from Tennessee's practice on Wednesday. And we heard from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt following practice. And I continue to believe that the one thing Jeremy Pruitt overall likes is the effort and the competition and the way that his team practices. It doesn't mean that they are doing everything right on the field. It doesn't mean that Tennessee is where it wants to be from a competitive standpoint against opponents this upcoming fall. But the approach that Jeremy Pruitt is seeing from his players, I think overall, is what he wants. And the newcomers, the guys that are back from injury, I've said over and over again, I think that's a big factor, and I still think that. But I want you to hear what Jeremy Pruitt had to say. He talked about the good. He talked about some things that need to be worked on. But this was Jeremy Pruitt with his opening comments at his press conference following Wednesday's practice. He talks about special teams, which we haven't gotten into probably enough to this point, but special teams and then the team overall. Here's Jeremy Pruitt. Went out there and had a good day in special teams today. I thought uh, our guys kicked the ball well. Um, our operations was much better. We've been really focusing on it the last few weeks here, trying to clean some things up, get the guys in the right spots. We started off work repping four teams in every group because we got so many uh, new guys out there, didn't do much in the spring. And after 10 days, you start trying to reevaluate and see who you think that possibly would be somebody that gets on the bus and, you know, get guys in the right spot. So we've done that and 
you know, I think our guys done a really good job out there with that. Uh, practice is still inconsistent. We have a lot of uh, periods that are, that are really competitive, uh, guys trying to strain and do exactly what we want them to do. And then we got, we got uh, sometimes in practices where uh, it's not so good. So we got to focus on being consistent. We got guys that have come a long ways as far as knowledge and, and figuring out exactly what they're supposed to do at their position. We've got to continue to grow, grow as a team, learn to play together. Uh, but there, there's a lot of positives out there. You're never going to hear Jeremy Pruitt gush about the way that his team is practicing, I, I don't think at least. That right there is probably as complimentary as he is going to be. He said some positive things about special teams, a note to get to on that in just a moment, but also pointed out, look, they're not consistent enough. There's some things that they need to work on, which you absolutely expect to be the case. Tennessee went 4-8 and eight last year. Why wouldn't they still have some things to work on two weeks into fall camp? But overall, I do think... The way that Tennessee practices, the competition that they have within the team gives Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff confidence that the Vols will be able to develop into what they hope. And that doesn't necessarily mean this year, but that they will be able to progress this year and then through recruiting, through the offseason, weight training programs, everything that, that it takes to build a program that they're going to get there. It's the very early stage. But compare what Jeremy Pruitt said on Wednesday night and some of his comments throughout this fall to what we heard in the spring. I think a much more upbeat Jeremy Pruitt to this point, two weeks in to fall camp. I said that there's a note there on special teams. Go Vols 24-7 had the report on Wednesday night that kicker Ryan Tice has left Tennessee's program. He arrived at Tennessee as a grad transfer walk-on to the program and according to Go Vols 24-7, has left, which a Tennessee spokesperson confirmed. So that would indicate Brent Samaglia has solidified himself as Tennessee's place kicker. Brent was probably the favorite to win the job anyway. And then at punter, you have Joe Doyle, who is a second-year player on campus, and Paxton Brooks, who's in his first season. Joe and Paxton are competing for the punting position. And I thought going into fall camp that Joe Doyle had a, pardon the pun, leg up in the punting competition. Both are talented players. Both players have pretty big shoes to fill as well with Trevor Daniel gone. But uh, Joe Doyle, he was an Under Armour All-American in the 2017 class. Paxton Brooks, a 2018 Under Armour All-American competing to be Tennessee starting punter and to be the replacement for Trevor Daniel. Other notes from practice on Wednesday as I mentioned on yesterday's show, Tennessee had some guys moving around to different positions, but also guys moving around within position units. On Wednesday, we saw Drew Richmond working at right tackle with Trey Smith during the individual period we were there working at left tackle. Well, that's really interesting, isn't it? We've wondered, could Trey be inside at guard? Could he be outside at tackle? The answer is he could play both. Remember at the start of fall camp, offense coordinator Tyson Helton was asked, how will Tennessee decide where Trey Smith plays? Is it based on what he does, or is it based on need among the other offensive linemen? Here's what Tyson Helton said. It will be based upon need. Coach Friend does a tremendous job of putting players in, in every spot. So you move guys around. Um, at some point in time, you got to say, hey, let's get some consistency there and play this guy in a certain area. But guys get cross-trained all the time. And so depending upon where we are, 
throughout the season that would dictate where guys play, not only for Trey, just the O-line in general. So Tyson Helton said where Trey Smith plays would be based on need. And they're going to look at, at different positions. So Trey's going to practice at guard. He's going to practice at tackle as well. Coming out of the scrimmage, Jeremy Pruitt said they've got to do a better job of, of protecting the quarterback. Trey Smith getting a look at left tackle. Drew Richmond on the right side. That certainly could be a permanent option within this offense because I've wondered, can Marcus Tatum hold down a starting spot? Is Drew Richmond good enough on the left side? And, and what do they have on the interior with Ryan Johnson? Brandon Kennedy's the center. I'm pretty confident there. So Ryan Johnson, Riley Locklear. Uh, you also have Kron Calber. Don't forget about him. And then Jerome Carvin. He's going to compete for a starting position or at least be a part of the depth chart. Chance Hall could factor in there as well. But Trey Smith getting a look at left tackle, I think very interesting. And one thing's very clear. The offensive line still has a lot of work to do. Jeremy Pruitt talked about that after practice on Wednesday. Well, we're nowhere where we need to be. Um... You know, and I think some of that's probably because we've moved guys around, which we've got to do. Um, you know, same way in the secondary, you got to move guys around to create depth. I think the closer you get and you start figuring out who the, you know, top seven or eight guys or maybe nine to ten guys are, you know, you, you can kind of create a little bit more of a unit, you know, that's used to playing together. But you got, may have a guy that's playing center, you know, one one day, and the next day he plays left guard. The next day he might play right tackle. But you need to do that to build depth in the offensive line. So as you heard there, they're moving guys around. They're going to get different looks. Trey Smith will practice some at guard. He'll practice some at tackle. But at some point, they want a solidified spot for Trey Smith, especially after he is fully cleared for contact. He was just doing some light contact as we were walking off the field. Trey looked like he was headed toward the strength and conditioning group instead of the practice field. But by Sunday or Monday, according to Jeremy Pruitt, they are expecting Trey Smith to be cleared for full contact. Also getting a bit of a rest on Wednesday was Darren Kirkland Jr. Now we saw him resting on Tuesday and Wednesday. Jeremy Pruitt was asked about Darren Kirkland Jr.'s status, why he might be off to the side if there's anything there. Here's what Tennessee's head coach said. Darren obviously had a knee injury in the spring or last fall. So um, just protocol, you know, you go so many days, you want to give him a day off. Um, he's not the only one. We've had a couple of guys that it's like that, and that's no different from any other place I've been. You get guys in camp that you want to make sure that you've got them when you start the season, and, and he just needed a day off. So not much to read into it, according to Jeremy Pruitt, just going through protocol and uh, maintaining Darren Kirkland Jr., which is certainly smart. We did see Juwan Jennings going through individual drills with the wide receivers. How active he was in practice, tough to tell, but he was out on the practice field. Chance Hall, Eric Crosby, and Devontae Brooks also resting on Tuesday. I say resting, they're still active, but with the strength and conditioning group not out on the practice field. So a few notes for you there. Tennessee will be back practicing tonight. They are scheduled to practice around 7 or 7.30, and uh, I'll be out there seeing a little bit of practice. I'll be back tomorrow getting you ready for the weekend and catching you up on more of what's going on with Tennessee, more on West Virginia on tomorrow's show as well. How good could that offense be? I'll have that for you on tomorrow's show. And the latest with what's going on the Vols, 
I'll cover it right here on the podcast presented by The Athletic. Remember, theathletic.com slash Rocky Talk gives you 40% off a first-year subscription. Tell your friends, your family, any Tennessee fan out there about the daily Tennessee podcast that I'm hosting. And if you're on iTunes, rate and review. It's a big help to the show. Thanks again for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.